point start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast for the new evangelization. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And again, this week, Father Dickinson, along with the rest of the priests of our diocese and many of our deacons and our bishop, are at clergy days. Uh, this is a common thing that most dioceses do on an, at least an annual basis. The priests and the bishop of the diocese get together um, to talk. So we have, once again, our guest co-hosts, a new guest co-host this time, though. Kevin Miles, sadly, is no longer with us. Well, he's alive, but he's not here with us. Uh, so we have uh, our, our, one of our, our standby guest co-hosts, Renee Leach. Hi, Renee. Hello, everybody. And I'm Chris. You can call me Chris. Um, and we have also with us John Polkinghorne. Hi, John. Good morning. Good morning. What if it's afternoon when they're listening to this? Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, I, oh, before we get into the the, uh, the topic for today, just a reminder as always that if you have anything that you would like uh, us to discuss in terms of a topic for a future episode of Ignition, send me an email, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org, C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Um, or you can email John or Renee, and their email addresses are, never mind. I guess they don't want to share them. You guys are being really quiet today. <laughs> Do you really want my email no, address? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so uh, what we are talking about today, we're, 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 we are, let's see, as we're re- recording on the 3rd? Today the 3rd? Today is the 3rd. Today is the 3rd. Um, we're recording on the 3rd, and we are just over a week away from the beginning of the Year of Faith. So the Year of Faith, is, as you know, dear listener, begins on October 11th, uh, which is the 50th anniversary of the opening of the Second Vatican Council and the 20th anniversary of the release of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, and the Holy Father has asked us, uh, as we've talked about in prior episodes, Pope Benedict has asked us to, to read both documents. Uh, read the documents of Vatican, or sets of documents, the, read the documents of Vatican II, read the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, and I think in both cases, um, well, I'm going to ask you too what you think, but I, th- I think in both cases, the idea of doing so is relatively daunting. I'm going to explain a little bit why I'm asking John and Renee to be here today, but just your impressions, just when, if somebody would have said to you a month ago, hey, Read the catechism. Pope Benedict said we should read the catechism that executes the Vatican II. What would you? What would your response had have been at that point, Renee? My response would have been it's six hundred pages, and it's not light reading. It's not something that you take to bed with you and put yourself. To What's six hundred pages? The catechism, the catechism. is six hundred pages. So the catechism, the length of it, and and it's not bedtime reading would would have uh, intimidated you, perhaps. Yes. Uh, what about documents of Vatican II? Um, to be honest with you, the fact that it starts out with a, a title that's not in English would have probably discouraged me a little bit. It's, it's daunting because it's a, like you said, it's daunting because it's, and it's religion and theology and um, it, it's not something you do, it's not something you necessarily read for fun. Right. You should. I've disappointed you said that. Anyway, Sorry. moving along, <laughs> John. Somebody said to you a month ago, hey, read the Catechism in Vatican II. What would you have said to him? No, and to be beyond, I mean, the Catechism, you may have given maybe a different answer than Renee, but what would you have said to both? Well, I would have said I have a little bit of familiarity with the Catechism, 
because I have referenced it a few times. Okay. Um, not as much as I should. I don't know it as well as I should. So I would have taken that as a friendly prod to, you know, become more familiar with that. Okay. Now, the Vatican docu- uh, Vatican II documents, those, I don't know a thing about them. Right. Didn't know a thing about them. Uh, figured it would be way over my head. Wouldn't understand it. Okay. Um, so that I, that again daunting daunting right. yes so because I think that's the, the the typical and common reaction of most Catholics um, and yet at the same time the Holy Father is asking us to read both things or this, the documents of Vatican II and the Catechism in order to um, make that less daunting hopefully for at least the people of our diocese if not people elsewhere I enlisted John and Renee to help me on. Uh, well, I was going to say a little project, but it's not a little project. It was uh, more coercion. Coercion. Wow. <laughs> uh, John, would you? Never mind. Um, <laughs> what I asked them to do, uh, respectively, asked Renee to read the Catechism and John to read the documents of Vatican II. And then what, what we're doing is we, we get together on a regular basis. And what I asked them to do is to underline, as they're reading, any words, phrases, or concepts, um, hopefully not pages, but if need be pages, that they simply have no idea what's being said, so that I could create a glossary of sorts to put on our website at sfcatholic.org um, for average other, other fellow ordinary Catholics. Uh, John and Renee are ordinary Catholics. They're not ordinary people, but they're ordinary <laughs> Catholics. Uh, for, for using their, their, I don't know, just, just their frame of mind as an ordinary Catholic to make it available to people um, who are like them, who have never maybe exposed in any systematic way to the documents of Vatican II or the Catechism. So that this glossary can be helpful for other people who are reading the documents, reading the Catechism, and, and, and make it hopefully less daunting for them. So what we're going to talk about just a little bit today um, for, for this episode is their experience thus far, and it's this is just something that I asked both of them oh, maybe a month ago. Maybe a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're, we're just getting into it in, in both cases. John has read two documents thus far. Uh, Renee has actually read quite a bit, but our, our discussion about it uh, is taking a little bit. So we're probably, I don't know, how many pages roughly into the catechism do you think? I think are? I've read about 75 <clears throat> pages, and I think we're on like 52. Okay. All right. Them. So we've, all right. So um, catechism, the Catholic Church, Renee, uh, what do you think so far? I have to tell you, I'm impressed. Um, it's it's not what I thought it was going to be. What did you think it was going to be? Um, you, I, you alluded to it already, but well, I thought it would be boring and dull and um, over my head and really dry reading. Okay. And um, because it's a it's a, a collection of the early church fathers' writings, I thought it would be dry and boring and, like I said, dull. But it's okay. not. I have found that it's. Um, it's rich and it's thought-provoking and it's um, it's refreshing and it's it's not a chore to read it. It's something that I actually look forward to sitting down with it and spending time with it and and um, and digging into it because it's it it takes the scripture um, that we have <clears throat> in the Old Testament and the New Testament and it kind of expands on that and it adds to that and. There's a lot of good information in it. So um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how easy, well, and maybe that's not fair, um, 
Well, yeah, just to answer the question. <laughs> on a scale of one to how easy has it been to read it? <clears throat> on a scale from one to ten, I would say it's like a three or a four. <coughs> ten being the easiest. Okay. Okay, sure. Ten being the easiest to read it? Ten being the hardest. Hardest, okay. Um, like a three or four. There there have been, um, while, while my, um, you had said to underline mm-hmm. those things that I didn't under, understand, um, it's not solid red at all. Okay. Um, but there, but there are some concepts in there that I that I have struggled with and and have been lucky enough to visit with you about it um, as we go through it. But it's not a difficult read. Uh, and the reason I, I sort of hesitated asking that question is because I think we found um, we talked about this just the other day that as we're going through it, because you're learning what these words mean Correct. when they come up again you then know what they mean. So maybe early on there was more underlining, but as you go through, as you're exposed to those. Right. Know. And and read, and read <clears throat> listener, you need to understand that when Chris gave me the book, he said you cannot use a dictionary, you can't use scripture, right. you just have to underline what you don't understand. Yep. And so when I first began reading, I did encounter words and terminology and things that I hadn't um, encountered before. And now that I've been exposed to those and understand those, um, it's less, I have less questions as right. we go. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's getting easier that way. Yes. Although we're still, we're, I think next time we get together, we're going to be talking about the Trinity. That is our next topic. So, uh, we already got into it a little bit in some earlier sections and yeah, it's the, the, the greatest mystery of our faith. So I don't, well, well, and the other thing that I would say about that is it's not because the catechism doesn't clearly explain it and clearly define it. I think um, what happens during our meetings is that you and I get into theological discussions. Sure. And um, while while every, the understanding is there, um, there's some good faith sharing and some growing that happens during those conversations, for me anyway. Which, I'm glad you said that because uh, two things come to mind, came to my mind as you were saying that. First of all, um, if, if anybody who's listening to this, is, if you read the catechism and then you reference the glossary that, that I'm creating with, with Renee's help based on the words that she run in, runs into that um, are a little difficult maybe, um, if you read it and there's a word that, that you don't understand in a section that Renee and I covered and it's not there, please let me know because I want to make this glossary as, as helpful as, as possible for, for everyone. But the other thing too, so Renee, you, you talked about the fact that we, we talk about what you're reading mm-hmm. and, and the value of that. And I know um, the other day you had just given some, I'd asked you for some recommendations. You know, if, if, if an other ordinary Catholics were going to read the catechism, what advice would you give them? Um, and, and I'd like you just to answer that question again more generally and then specifically about reading it together. Um, I, I would recommend doing it seriously as a book study or with another group of believers um, and to, to walk through it together and to, and to take it paragraph by paragraph and have those discussions. Um, because I think... Um, I just think it's good to bounce that stuff off of, of other people. It doesn't. I mean, not everybody is as blessed as I am to have a Dr. Chris Bergwald in the office where I can. I mean, I can go directly to a theologian and get my answers. Right. Um, not everybody is that blessed, but it, but there are um, there are faith-filled people out there who do know their faith and are would I'm sure be willing to share their knowledge on this stuff and and um, it, it brings up good questions and and. Um, Good topics of reflection on what the church believes and why, and 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 where it all came from. 
So what else would you recommend to somebody who was thinking about reading it? I wouldn't read it at night right before you go to bed. Okay. Um, I, it, it's, it should be purposeful reading. Um, and that's something that, we're, that God calls us to do anyway, right. to um, be purposeful about creating a relationship with him and learning more about him. So it, it has to be very purposeful. Um, and um, It's I, hard to hold it up in bed, too. Yeah. I mean, it's a big book. Yeah, it is a big book. And the other thing is don't let the... Let the size of it daunt you. Take a take a paragraph or a page at a time, mm-hmm. and um, take a chance to, you know, don't just skim over it, but take the chance to really think about it and and really realize what it says. And I think you also um, recommended people having a Bible. Oh handy. yes, the other thing that I would <clears throat> recommend is is having um, a dictionary if you're doing mm-hmm. it by yourself, and your Bible. And um, Chris is going to create a really cool little um, resource for everybody that he's going to put on the website. On the website that explains what all of the abbreviations are at the bottom of the right. of the, um, so you can understand what documents it's referring to. So that if you want to go back to those, you can. You know, if you're interested in doing deeper um, reading on it, it's it's something that you can you can take it for what it is and and read it and and it's. Um, it's a gift and it's a jewel and it's a treasure in itself. But if you go to the documents that all of this stuff is compiled from, um, the wealth of knowledge and, and wisdom is tenfold after that. Great. So, so far, so good. So far, it's been really good. Good. Yeah. Good. I, okay. It's something I look forward to doing. It's not a, it, it, Chris did kind of have to talk me into reading it to begin with, but it's. I did not coerce her to be clear. <laughs> he asked very nicely. Um but it's not a drudgery to do it. I don't dread reading it. It's something I look forward to reading, having that time with it. Good. Thank you. Oh, the other thing that I would say is don't be afraid to and write in your book and underline and do those things. And, and as you find the answers, to write the answers in because it'll be something that once you've gone through it, you'll go back to it. So what I want is we're going to move on to John then. Um, but uh, what I want to come back to you about is... Um, so you talked about how rich it is and so on. And I want you to talk a little bit more about that. So some, what, what sort of fruit are you either seeing now or do you foresee coming down the road as a result of your reading? So, Mr. Polkinghorn. Yes, Dr. Bergwald. How, how are you? Better than I deserve. Glad to hear it. So, <laughs> so John, I, I asked you to read the documents of Vatican II. Uh, and, and what I'm just to give a, a quick update, you, the, if you've listened to prior episodes uh, of the episode, um, you, you've heard me talk about Vatican II, of, of, of the podcast, you've heard me talk about Vatican II before. But there are 16 documents in general, and, and there are four constitutions. And those, are the mo- those are the most important. There are decrees and declarations as well. But the four constitutions of Vatican II are the most important documents from the council. Um, and they are, the, 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 in, in the order in which they were released, the first one was on the sacred liturgy, and the Latin title is Sacrosanctum Concilium, which means Most Holy Council. Um, that I'll forget for, forget why it's called that. I'll, I'll get into that to some other time. The second one is uh, called Dei Verbum. It's on divine revelation, how God has re- re- revealed himself to us. The third constitution is called Lumen Gentium, and it is on the church. What is the church? And the fourth, fourth constitution, Gaudium et Spes, is on the church in the modern world. So, so the, the relationship between the church and the world, and particularly the issues of, of our time. So the last half decade, 
half decade, the last half century, the last 50 years, and then looking ahead, what are the major issues in, in American civil, not just American, sorry, world civilization and, and how the church impacts those? So, John, you've read, I think, two constitutions so far, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, so what do you think so far? I'm quite impressed, actually. In what um, way? Well, number one, I can read them. You know, they're not, uh, they're not over my head. They're not using terms and phrases that I, was, I would have expected, I guess. And I'm actually learning things. Um, having read these things and then comparing to what happens at Mass, yep. is, oh, I'm getting an understanding now of why maybe certain things are done certain ways sure. and why the church teaches certain things. Etc. So, and it's helping me learn my faith, which has really been a. I know that I need to learn my faith better. Sure. So, so you, um, you, you mentioned it's it, you've been able to understand it and so on. Uh, again, you the idea, you already talked about going into it sort of would have been a daunting idea. Maybe it was when I asked you to. Um, maybe it was a daunting idea, but then you started reading it, and and I know that with the the first constitution on the liturgy, you had relatively few. Um, underlined words or concepts. So talk a little bit of just about, uh, as you were reading it, what, were you surprised about that? Well, I mean, again, I was surprised that it was written in general or common terms that, you know, an ordinary person generally could understand um, as opposed to what I was expecting, you know, from somebody that was immersed in theology their whole life right. and trying to explain it at a much different level than the ordinary. Sure. So so, so not a lot of terms and so on. And, and, and honestly, um, the difference between John's reading of Vatican II and Renee's reading of the Catechism, um, the Catechism, I think, is at least early on more difficult. That or John's just smarter. I'm not sure which it is. John's smarter. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it is the and and, um, and I found the prologue. Is that yep. how you say that? At the very beginning, was um, you kind of have to muscle your way. I kind of sure. had to muscle my way through that. Um, but then, as it got into the profession of faith and you know the things that are, it's becoming more familiar and more easier okay, easier, easier to easier read. read. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, John, is you surprised at how? easy it was. And again, the first one, even you, you, we just re- recently talked about uh, the second constitution on divine revelation. And again, not too many terms that you uh, were, unf- that you, not too many terms that you, you weren't familiar with. That's what I'm trying to say here. So terminology is okay. Concepts wise. I mean, you said you're learning about your faith. So, so it, apart from it being understandable, comprehensible to you in terms of the verbiage, uh, the ideas, the concepts that they're communicating, same thing. You're able to. I mean, you're you're gleaning things from it. It sounds like correct. They're they're like. I mean, they're like building blocks to me. Okay. You know, it's not. Again, it's not an engineering diagram or complicated mathematical thing. It's they're simple building blocks, and you can fit them together, and they make they make sense. Is there and, and, and you, there may not be, but anything come to mind from either of the two that you've read so far? that um, something that you learned that you didn't know or something that's impacted, as you said, maybe your uh, participation in mass, um, anything like that? And if you want to pass on that and come back, because that's kind of the question I'm going to ask Renee about the fruit of this so far. You know, like, 
I can't really think of anything specific, okay. but it has instilled in me. I mean, now I went from kind of dreading reading these yep. at your request to now coercion. It's, now it's like you know, hey, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the next good to the next one, so I can continue to learn. And I know already that I want to get through those, and I really want to go back and just read them again, totally for my own purpose. Right. So. Yeah. Not because I'm making you correct do it. But it's a good thing. <laughs> so, right. And, and again, I mean, when they were written, the Vatican II, one of the hallmarks of the council was this desire for uh, a renewal in the life of, of ordinary Catholics um, so that we might more effectively proclaim the teachings of, of Christ, the teachings of the church to the world. Um, and so it's, it's, it's important that in order for that renewal to happen, people have to be able to read the documents. So I, I was very excited, frankly, to hear that as you've been reading them, that it's been pretty easy and understandable. So, and I'm glad that it's already um, impacting, for instance, as you said, your participation at Mass and that you're, you want to reread them after we're done with this coerced reading. Yes. So, Renee, fruit. Um, lots of fruit um, for me. And what I find is the more that I read, the more I want to read. It it has kind of ignited in me a desire to... Ignite. I like that. Uh, yeah, to, yeah. To, to learn more and to dig deeper in that. Um, I'm realizing very quickly that um, while I thought I knew... I, you know, I converted as an adult, and so while I thought I knew a lot about my faith, I'm discovering that I only know the very, very mm-hmm. top layer and that it's like an iceberg and there's so much more out there. And we had this conversation the other day that I don't think I'll, in my lifetime, I'll never um, learn it all, which is kind of exciting um, mm-hmm. because as, as you become more aware of, of how God is working in your life and what, he's, what he has planned for you in your life um, and to the realization that he loves you that much, that he put this plan in motion from the very beginning, um, it's exciting. Right. Cool. John, back to you for any any reading tips that you would give. Renee mentioned some um, advice. It's I don't know if you need a dictionary. You think any beyond the glossary that we'll be making available um, on the website. Anything that you would recommend to anybody reading this? Beyond the glossary that you're going to provide, I can't think of anything unless you might want to perhaps have the Bible next to you. It does refer to scripture yeah. and it quotes some scripture. But if you want to see what's before or after that, sure. Okay. That would be about it, I okay. would think. Okay. So, and the other thing, broadly speaking, with, with in both cases, Catechism and Vatican II, I would recommend beginning and ending with prayer, uh, if, if anybody's reading mm-hmm. this. Uh, because, again, the, these are it's not just meant to be, and, and both of you have spoken to this already, um, it's not meant to be just dry intellectual facts about what we believe or do as Catholics, but it's meant to nourish our faith life, our, our prayer life, our relationship with God. I think it would be more, um, It for me, it's more fruitful. I get more out of it if I set myself away from the noise and the chaos, right. go off by myself into my prayer corner and um, and not have distractions. You'll get a lot more out of it. It's not hard, but I just want to stress, it's not difficult to read and it's not difficult to understand. Um, but 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 with with read it prayerfully and carefully, I think mm-hmm. can help internalize exactly. it because it's exactly we're supposed to sort of 
I, I think of Lexio Divina, the way of reading, reading scripture, sacred scripture, in which you just do a little bit at a time and reflect on it, meditate on it, meditate on it, pray on it, and then contemplate through it, with it. And I think you can do something similar with, even though the Catechism and Documents of Adam II are not strictly speaking inspired, like the Bible, um, you could still, there's a lot there where you can reflect and chew on it, so to speak. And the other thing that I noticed in here is it, it addresses things, the, the Catechism addresses things, um, man hasn't changed, and the same things that we struggle with today are the things that people have been struggling for for generations, yep. and it's it's um, it's very helpful to see what the church believes and what the church teaches on um, your faith and going through trials, and and it's all in there. It, it, it talks about all of that. So yeah, it's it's very much written in both cases, but, but you're just being to the catechism for um, the lived faith experience of yep. ordinary Catholics. Great. Any final thoughts from either of you about any of this? John? We're called to learn more about our faith, especially now, with, you know, what the Pope is asking us to do. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is good stuff. So do it for your, you know, do it for yourself. Amen. Dive on in. Renee? I have actually decided that I will be buying some catechisms for Christmas gifts this oh. year to make sure some family members have them in their home. Great. Cool. All right. Thank you both. That was relatively painless. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it, yes, it was. You're welcome, Dr. Yeah. Bergwald. <laughs> There's your... <laughs> that wasn't a yes. Anyway. Uh, yes. Yes, thank you, John. Uh, and Father Dickinson will be back next week when we will return with another episode of Ignition. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignition. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future topics, you can email me at cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. That's C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Again, thanks for listening.